Well, good morning and Happy New Year. Uh, This morning, I want to talk about our reading from Ephesians, which was our first reading. And I want to focus specifically on one verse. That's the verse that you have up on the screen here. It says that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints. Now, the book of Ephesians, we think was a circular letter. And what I mean by that is that we think Paul didn't write this to one church. In the earliest versions, Ephesus doesn't appear. So it looks like he wrote this letter to go to a number of different churches and they were to circulate the letter between themselves. Now Paul, when he opens the letter, what he does in the first chapter is he begins with this beautiful prayer. And he lifts up the needs of these churches. He prays for what he believes these churches need, the churches that are going to read his letter. And he prays for three things. First thing he prays for is that these churches may know the hope to which God has called them. Second thing he prays for is that these churches may know the immeasurable greatness of God's power. And then the third thing he prays for is this, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints. Now, I've preached on this passage before, and I was, as I was going through this passage this week, preparing for today, I was struck again by how astounding this verse is. I mean, there are a lot of astounding verses in the Bible, but I would say this is up there with them. And so what I want to do today is just look at this verse and try to get a sense of what Paul is telling us, get a sense of how astounding it is, and also think about why Paul prays this for the churches. Why is this so important for the churches to know and to believe in? So let's just start, uh, and again, we'll we'll just reflect on this one verse. Again, that you may know, and again, this is the prayer, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints. Now, first word to look at here is that word saints, the last word. Uh, The word saint comes from the Latin word sanctus, which means holy, and so the saints are the holy ones. And I think often when we think about saints, we might picture in our heads somebody wearing ancient garb with this glowing circular halo above their head or someone in a stained glass window. And while that is a way we can use the word saints, when the New Testament talks of saints, it means something else. In the New Testament, when the word saints is used, it is referring to anyone who has trusted in Jesus as their Savior. That's what a saint is in the New Testament. All believers are saints. So you are saints. Your children are saints, believe it or not. And the reason that we are called saints is because we have been forgiven and redeemed in Christ. Right? That fundamental hope that we have. Second Corinthians, Paul says, God was in Christ reconciling us to himself, not counting our sins 
against us. Jesus has truly changed everything for us. He has changed our standing before God. And so now, when God sees us, God doesn't see us in light of our past. No, God sees us now in light of our future, in light of what we will become, what he is making us to be, and that is saints. That's where all of us are headed. might take some of us longer than others, but God promises, this is another promise in the New Testament, that God will see the work through. So when Paul here talks about saints, he's talking about the church. He's talking about all believers. Okay, so let's, let's go back to this verse. Let me read it again to you. I want to point one other thing out. That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints. Now the second thing to see here is that when Paul is talking about inheritance, he's not talking about our inheritance as saints. He's talking about God's inheritance. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance? Now when you start to think about this, this should strike you as somewhat odd and strange that God has an inheritance. God has something that he wants. He doesn't have it yet. It's his inheritance. It will come to him. And it is described as glorious and rich. God has an inheritance. Uh, Think about it this way. We obviously just uh, have come through the Christmas season, lots of Christmas parties. So imagine that you were invited by Bill Gates to his Christmas party. And so you decide you're going to get Bill Gates a present. And you want this to be a great present. And you want, when Bill sits down to open it, you want him to say, Oh my gosh, how did you know? This is, this is exactly what I have wanted. I didn't have this, but this is what I want. Now what, what would that be? I have honestly no idea what it would be. I can think of a couple things. Maybe the, the Mona Lisa or the Star of Africa. I mean, what do you get someone who has everything and who has the means to get anything he wants? Now think about God. What is it that God wants that he doesn't have? What are the riches of God's glorious inheritance? And the astounding thing, what Paul tells us, is that it's us. Remember that word saints, it means all of us. So his glorious inheritance is the church. It's us, believers. Number of translations, instead of saying, what are the riches, inherit, riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, a number of them will say, his inheritance in the saints. Uh, probably, to me, the best translation, the most accessible, is the NIV. It says this, um, his glorious inheritance in his holy people. His holy people are his inheritance. So we're the inheritance of God. This is, a, this is a big idea for Paul. And in fact, he comes back to it five verses later. This is actually not in our reading, but I want to read it to you because I think it confirms 
this previous reading of verse 18. Here Paul says, The church, which is his body, is the fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul says the church, us, are the fullness of God. We are the fullness of God. Uh, This word in Greek is pleroma. It can also mean fulfillment. So another way of saying this is that we are the fulfillment of God. Now that's an astounding idea. And, And I wonder if we think about ourselves in this way. I think a lot of us uh, don't think of ourselves this way. We struggle to feel worthy before God. Or maybe we feel like God does actually love us, but we don't feel like we're anything special. And yet what Paul tells us is that at the end of the day, we are. We are what God wants. We are his inheritance, his beautiful, glorious inheritance. There was a commentator named F.F. Bruce, one of the great commentators of the 20th century, and he writes about uh, verse 18, and he talks about how astounding this statement is and how difficult it can be for us uh, to claim it, to own it, uh, to be transformed by it. And he writes this. He says that God should set such a high value on a community of sinners rescued from perdition and still bearing too many traces of their former state. This might seem too incredible were it not made clear that God sees us in Christ. So again, that idea that God sees us through the lens of Christ and therefore he sees us as glorious, as his saints. He sees us in light of who he is making us to be. Now remember, Paul is praying for this, praying that the church knows this. This is the prayer from the bottom of Paul's heart. So why is it so important that we know uh, verse 18? F.F. Bruce, who I just mentioned, is helpful here. He, he, He has a quote about this as well. He says this, Paul prays for this knowledge so that his readers may appreciate the value which God places on them, in order that their lives may be in keeping with this high calling, so that they may accept in grateful humility the grace and glory lavished on them. Grace and glory have been lavished on us, and we must live our lives in keeping with this high calling. Queen Victoria, when she was a small child, it is said that she was not told that she was going to be queen. And she wasn't told this at this young age because those around her were afraid that this knowledge would spoil her. But it is said that as she got older, when they did tell her that this was her calling, her response was, then I will be good. I'll be good. She made the decision that her life was going to be shaped by the high calling that she had. Her life was going to be governed by it. Our future, the future promise to us, is that throughout eternity, we will share in God's glory. That we are his inheritance, his treasure, his fullness, his fulfillment. 
And to really believe that is to have your life transformed by it. To have your life shaped by this calling. Paul wants us to glimpse the future that God has for us so that our life may be shaped by it today. And so as we enter this new year, what better prayer is there for us that our lives may be shaped by this? As we remember that this community, you, me, all of us, that we truly are the glorious inheritance of God. Amen.